discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. Reading from The Genesis and Evolution of Time, A Critique of Interpretation in Physics, written by J.T. Fraser, published in 1982. Quote, Clocks and watches displaying time by means of rotating hands and a dial may be called platonic timekeepers because they model the orderly motion of the heaven. God, wrote Plato, quote, resolved to have a moving image of eternity, and when he set in order the heaven, he made this image eternal, but moving according to number, and this image we call time, end quote. Digital displays may be called Aristotelian. We measure more or less by number, reasoned Aristotle, and we measure more or less movement by time. More or less movement is more or less time. Therefore, quote, time is is just this, the number of motion in respect to before and after, end quote. Digital clocks count the number of motion the human observer provides the specifications for before and after. Superimposed upon such historical continuities as just implied, we find changing ideas as to what constitutes an ideal clock. The ideal clock appropriate to the physics of our age is called the einstein langevin clock. It is a purely theoretical device consisting of a pair of parallel mirrors attached to a rigid body. A light ray is imagined traveling back and forth between the two mirrors. The instants to be counted are the arrivals of the light ray at one or the other mirror. This device fits the concept of an ideal clock because the clock is controlled by the principles that also govern the whole of kinematics and dynamics, namely relativity theory. Consequently, its functions are in complete harmony with the rest of our understanding of the macroscopic universe. Should our comprehension of the universe change, so will the form of the ideal clock. The notion that a continually improving accuracy of clocks makes sense implies a particular view of time hidden by convention. 
What is being claimed is that the improved device indicates more truly the rate at which time passes than the prior devices did. Evidently, therefore, the rate at which time passes cannot itself be controlled, but only recognized and recorded with increasingly greater precision using improved methods of time measurement. In 1922, Einstein remarked that, quote, we are still far from processing such certain knowledge of theoretical principles as to be able to give exact theoretical construction of solid bodies and clocks, end quote. A sufficiently broad view of timekeepers suggests that any process may be used for keeping time as long as its regularity is convincing, judged in the context of our total understanding of nature. Therefore, it will never be possible to formulate principles leading to the construction of a final, ideal clock, but it is possible to develop principles leading to improved understanding of physical and biological and behavioral processes, and then select any one of the innumerable possible processes as the one favored for timekeeping. The reasons for the selection may be pragmatic, aesthetic, or even ethical." End quote. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio, I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. I wish none of this had happened. So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Well, hello again. How are we doing? Sorry, folks, for keeping y'all waiting so long for this new episode of The Daily Ruckus. But I do have some good news. By this same time next week, technically you won't have to wait nearly as long, I think. You see, this weekend, we're going to be switching back to daylight saving time. And technically, that means that we're losing an hour. Although, exactly where the hour goes, I have no idea. Daylight saving time in the United States is the practice of setting the clock forward by one hour. When there is longer daylight during day, so that evenings have more daylight and mornings have less. And if you happen to live in the United States of America, somewhere where the clock keeps changing twice a year, and you're absolutely sick of it, don't worry, because as Bob Dylan said in his popular song, the times, they are a-changin'. As reported by the DenverChannel.com, a group of U.S. senators from both parties have submitted a bill to make daylight saving time permanent throughout most of the U.S. Currently, daylight saving time is observed from March through November in most of the U.S., except for most of Arizona and Hawaii. Under the proposal, Arizona would be in the Pacific time zone all year, and Hawaii would be six hours behind the eastern time zone. The bill would also eliminate the need to change clocks twice a year. The legislation, if approved, would give most of America additional evening daylight in the winter months but would reduce the amount of morning sunlight during daylight standard time. Five Republican and three Democratic senators are co-sponsoring the legislation. Fifteen states have passed bills to move to year-round daylight saving time, but the federal government would have to agree to the changes. Senator Marco Rubio of Florida said, quote, The call to end the antiquated practice of clock changing is gaining momentum throughout the nation. Studies have shown many benefits 
benefits of a year-round daylight saving time, which is why the Florida legislature voted to make it permanent in 2018. I'm proud to reintroduce this bipartisan bill to make daylight saving time permanent and give our nation's families more stability throughout the year, end quote. Senator Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island said, quote, Americans' lifestyles are very different than they were when daylight saving time began more than a century ago. Making daylight saving time permanent will end the biannual disruptions to daily life and give families more daylight hours to enjoy after work and school, end quote. Governments implemented daylight saving time as a measure to conserve energy, while Americans Americans conserve some energy in the evening with more daylight, research has found that the benefit is negated by increased energy usage in the morning. President Richard Nixon implemented year-round daylight saving time in 1974 as America was affected by an energy shortage. The act ended in 1975 as Congress established a standard practice for daylight saving time, allowing for winter mornings to have more daylight so more people could go to work and school in the daylight. TheDenverChannel.com Alright, now that we got all of that out of the way, let's not waste any more time telling you things you already know about, and let's jump right into some breaking news about time that you probably have never heard about until now. Unless, of course, you're a physicist, or obsessed with time nearly half as much as I have been lately. As reported by New Atlas, we're all too familiar with the inexorable march of time, but why exactly it flows in one direction remains a mystery of physics. A few years ago, Australian physicist Joan Vaccaro proposed a new quantum theory of time, and now a team is planning to test the hypothesis by searching for time dilation in a nuclear reactor. The quote-unquote arrow of time points from the past towards the future, but physics has a hard time explaining why it favors one direction over the other. The most widely accepted explanation for this asymmetry is covered by the second law of thermodynamics, which states that time tends to flow in the direction of increased entropy, which is essentially the measure of disorder in a system. But according to Vaccaro's quantum theory of time, entropy is more of a symptom of the flow of time rather than the root cause. She uses the analogy of a tree blowing in the wind, while the leaves, entropy, may appear to be shaking the tree, they aren't responsible for the motion themselves, but are the result of another force, wind. In this new theory, the wind is created by time reversal symmetry violations, or T violations. Vaccaro points out that physics regards space and time as being interconnected as space-time, but nature seems to treat the two differently. From experience, we know, for instance, that objects are localized in space. A particular book or tree or person can only be found in one specific spot. Yet that's not the case for time. That same book or tree or person can be found in a range of times. Because space-time is one thing, theoretically objects localized in space should be localized in time as well, popping in and out of existence. Obviously, that's not our experience with the universe, 
space, and it goes against the laws of motion and conservation of mass. But, Vaccaro proposes, T violations make it impossible for matter to remain localized in time. Because of T violations, objects don't appear and disappear at random, they exist continuously. What we know of as the laws of motion and conservation of mass are instead symptoms of these T violations. Vaccaro proposes that something on the quantum scale creates T violations locally, and if enough of them occur, it could begin to have a wider effect on the macro scale, essentially producing the dynamics we see as time moving forward. Vaccaro's quantum theory of time is a pretty major departure from accepted physics, and she freely admits that it's controversial and may very well be wrong. But importantly, like any good hypothesis, there's a way to test it experimentally. Subatomic particles, called neutrinos, may hold the key to unlocking the whole thing. Recent studies have suggested that neutrinos exhibit time symmetry violations. So, in a new study, researchers from Griffith University, the National Measurement Institute, and the Australian Nuclear Science and Technology Organization are attempting to measure these T violations from neutrinos. Neutrinos and their antimatter counterparts, anti-neutrinos, are produced in nuclear reactors, so that's where the new experiment will be conducted. The team has installed two extremely precise atomic clocks in the OPAL reactor in Sydney, and the idea is that if the clocks fall out of sync, it would be evidence of quantum time dilation, which itself would be evidence of local T violations. Time dilation is a well-studied phenomenon, predicted by the theory of relativity. If you have an atomic clock on the ground, and one on a satellite orbiting Earth, the ground clock will tick ever so slightly faster than the one in the sky. That's thanks to differences in gravity, which bends spacetime. Vaccaro says that there's currently no reason to believe that time dilation should also occur in a nuclear reactor, so if any sign of it is found, it could support her hypothesis. To investigate, the team will be using two timing stations, one placed 5 meters from the reactor, and the other 10 meters. Each station contains a cesium primary clock, three secondary clocks, and a series of measurement systems that will compare the clocks down to under a billionth of a second, looking for any discrepancies. The experiment will gather data continuously for six months, including regular periods where the reactors will be shut down for maintenance. These will serve as useful controls since any time dilation effects should stop during the downtime, and the results could be fascinating. It's almost expected that there would be a null result, returning us to the established path of physics. But if the experiment does find evidence of time dilation, it could be a huge breakthrough. That's a big if, but one worth at least checking. Quote, All I've said could completely be wrong, Vaccaro says, but it's not me that decides whether this is a good theory or not. It's nature. And if nature is showing this, this would be quite remarkable. So this is where the efforts should be, I think." End quote. Newatlas.com And hey, speaking of space-time, as reported by IFL Science, a German-Polish collaboration has been able to conduct the first-ever video recording of a space-time crystal. The recurring material structure was micrometer-sized and at room temperature, and provides a step 
forward into finding applications for these curious objects. A crystal is by definition a material whose constituents are arranged in a lattice, a highly ordered microscopic structure. A time crystal is the same, but the order is not seen in space, but rather in time. The structure changes and oscillates, returning to a specific configuration periodically. Put the two together, and you have a space-time crystal. The one in the study, published in Physical Review Letters, was created using a strip of permaloy, an iron-nickel alloy, and placed on a tiny antenna through which they sent a radio frequency current. This process produced specific excitation sites in the electrons of this material. These behave like a particle, despite not being one, so they are referred to as the quasi-particle magnon. The magnons in this material can be seen coming in and out of their arrangement periodically in both space and time, a quintessential space-time crystal. Quote, we were able to show that such space-time crystals are much more robust and widespread than first thought. Co-lead author Pavel Grusecki, a scientist at the Faculty of Physics of the Adam Mikowitz University in Poznan, said in a statement, Our crystal condenses at room temperature and particles can interact with it, unlike in an isolated system. Moreover, it has reached a size that could be used to do something with this magnonic space-time crystal. This may result in many potential applications." End quote. What was extremely exciting was that their space-time crystal is capable of interacting with other magnons thrown into the system by the researchers. Two time crystals were recently made to interact, but this is the first time that we are looking at the interaction of quasi-particles with a space-time crystal. The other co-lead author, Nick Traeger, a doctoral student at Max Planck Institute for Intelligent Systems, explained, quote, We took the regularly recurring pattern of magnons in space and time, sent more magnons in, and they eventually scattered. Thus, we were able to show that the time crystal can interact with other quasi-particles. No one has yet been able to show this directly in an experiment, let alone in a video, end quote. Crystals are useful in a wide variety of technologies, so there is a lot of interest in how time crystal structures could be employed for communication or imaging technologies. iflscience.com And in the article, which will be included in my show notes for today's episode, there's a link to the YouTube video showing the actual space-time crystal. Absolutely cool stuff if you're into that sort of thing. And if you are into that sort of thing, and you liked that, you're gonna love this. From fizz.org, often depicted as colorful balloons or clouds, electron orbitals provide information on the whereabouts of electrons in molecules, a bit like fuzzy snapshots. In order to understand the exchange of electrons in chemical reactions, it is not only important to know their spatial distribution, but also their motion in time. Scientists from Julik Marburg and Graz have now made a huge progress in this direction. They successfully recorded orbital images with an extremely high temporal resolution. Quote, For decades, chemistry has been governed by two ambitious goals, says Professor Stefan Tautz, head of the Quantum Nanoscience Sub-Institute 
at Forskugenzentrum Julik. One of these is understanding chemical reactions directly from the spatial distribution of electrons in molecules, while the other is tracing electron dynamics over time during a chemical reaction." End quote. Both of these goals have been achieved in separate groundbreaking discoveries in chemistry. Frontier molecular orbital theory explained the role of the electron distribution in molecules during chemical reactions, while femtosecond spectroscopy made it possible to observe transition states in reactions. Quote, it has long been a dream of physical chemistry to combine these two developments and to then trace electrons in a chemical reaction in time and space. End quote. The scientists have now come a huge step closer to achieving this goal. They observed electron transfer processes at a metal-molecule interface in space and time. Such interfaces are the focus of research in the German Research Foundation's Collaborative Research Center 1083 at Philips Universität Marburg, and it was experiments conducted here that led to today's publication. Ulrich Hofer, professor of experimental physics, at Philips Universität Marburg and Collaborative Research Center spokesman says, quote, Interfaces initially appear to be no more than two layers side by side, whereas they are in fact the place where the functions of materials come into being. They therefore play a decisive role in technological applications, end quote. In organic solar cells, for example, combining different materials at an interface improves the splitting of the states excited by incident light, thus allowing electricity to flow. Interfaces also play a key role in organic light-emitting diode OLED, displays used in smartphones, for example. The experimental approach used by the scientists is based on a breakthrough made a few years ago in molecular spectroscopy, photoemission orbital tomography, which itself is based on the well-known photoelectric effect. Quote, here, a layer of molecules on a metal surface is bombarded with photons, or particles of light, which excites the electrons and causes them to be released, says Professor Peter Pushnig from the University of Graz. These released electrons do not simply fly around in space, but and this is the decisive point, based on their angular distribution and energy distribution, they provide a good indication of the spatial distribution of electrons in molecular orbitals." End quote. Dr. Robert Valur, group leader and research assistant at Philips Universität Marburg, says, quote, The key result of our work is that we can imagine the orbital tomograms with ultra-high resolution over time. End quote. To do so, the scientists not only used special lasers with ultra-short pulses in the femtosecond range to excite the electrons in the molecules, they also used a novel impulse microscope which simultaneously measured the direction and energy of the electrons released with very high sensitivity. One femtosecond is 10 to the power of negative 15 seconds, a millionth of a billionth of a second. In relation to a second, this is as little as a second in 
in relation to 32 million years. Such short pulses are like a kind of strobe light and can be used to break down fast processes into individual images. This enabled the researchers to trace the electron transfer as if in slow motion. Quote, this allowed us to spatially trace the electron excitation pathways almost in real time, says Touts. In our experiment, an electron was first excited from its initial state into an unoccupied molecular orbital by a first laser pulse before a second laser pulse enabled it to finally reach the detector. Not only could we observe this process in detail over time, but the tomograms also allowed us to clearly trace where the electrons came from, end quote. Says Ulrich Hofer, quote, We believe that our findings represent a crucial breakthrough towards the goal of tracing electrons through chemical reactions in space and time. In addition to the fundamental insights into chemical reactions and electron transfer processes, these findings will also have very practical implications. They open up countless possibilities for the optimization of interfaces and nanostructures, and the resulting processors, sensors, displays, organic solar cells, catalysts, and potentially even applications and technologies we haven't even thought of yet. End quote. Fizz.org. Well, I must say that all of this research and science taking place involving space and time is pretty interesting. But I could argue it's nowhere near as interesting as some of the research being conducted by the CIA back in 1983. And in case you don't have TikTok, you probably missed this one. As reported by The Sun, TikTokers are taking to social media to share an incredible declassified CIA report claiming that people could quote-unquote travel through time and space using their minds. The classified 1983 CIA report was made available to the public in 2003 and details the belief of a technique dubbed the Gateway Experience. According to the CIA, the Gateway Experience can allow humans to transcend space and time. TikTok user Abigail Carey, who has nearly 500,000 fans on the popular app, explained the lengthy report in a sequence of videos. Carey said the CIA's report confirms transcendental meditation, hypnosis, and manifestation biofeedback. She said, quote, it refers to all of these outlets as reasonable starting points to reasonably access the gateway, end quote. She believes the reason why the report hasn't been a popular read for some people is because it's quote-unquote very long. According to Carrie, the document literally explains, quote, where we go when we die, what consciousness is, our universe is a hologram, time travel, and how to send telepathic messages, end quote. In the actual report, dubbed The Analysis and Assessment of the Gateway Process, the author, U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Wayne M. McDonnell, explains the unique technique as a quote-unquote training system. McDonnell said the system is, quote, designed to bring enhanced strength, focus, and coherence to the amplitude and frequency of brainwave output between left and right hemispheres so as to alter consciousness, moving it outside the physical sphere so as to ultimately escape even the restrictions of time and space, end quote. Sound recordings are used in the experience to control brainwaves to alter the mind. According to the report, quote, solid matter in the strict construction of 
the term simply does not exist. All the atoms that make up the physical are just spinning, oscillating energy grids. They are energy, not matter. The universe is composed of interacting energy fields, some at rest and some in motion. It is, in and of itself, one gigantic hologram of unbelievable complexity. The human mind is also a hologram which attunes itself to the universal hologram." TikTok users commented on Carrie's page, requesting for the information to be shared to YouTube or in a podcast. One person wrote, quote, It's a real-life X-file, bro. End quote. Others, however, had difficulty understanding Carrie's explanation of the extensive report. One user commented, quote, I'm so tired and this almost made me fall asleep because I didn't understand anything of what you were saying. End quote. The sun.co.uk. Now, if some of you out there in listener land didn't understand anything of what I was saying, I sincerely apologize. And to be completely honest, I barely understood half of it myself. Just in case any of you are tired and are almost falling asleep because of it, the good news is I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up now. That way you can get back to whatever it was you were doing and enjoy your life. And it's probably better that you do that sooner than later, because time is very limited. And on that note, I'm going to close with the following audio clip from one of my all-time favorite movies, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been The Daily Ruckus for Tuesday, March 9th, 2021. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.